0: Today's episode is brought to you by the Tax Defense Group, the team of professionals at the Tax Defense Group are passionate about helping taxpayers resolve their tax debt. Their services include basic tax preparation, tax audits, resolving large tax debt, and more. They actively represent taxpayers throughout the entire USA. If you need help resolving your tax issues, contact the Tax Defense Group. Call the Tax Defense Group today at 800-850-7973 to get started. That number again is 800-850-7973 and you can visit them online at thetaxdefensegroup.com. Are you thinking about starting a business or a side hustle? For all businesses to be successful, you need a website. Writer Junkie offers website development, content writing, and SEO services for business websites. Call Writer Junkie today at 805-587-7966 and you can visit them online at riderjunkie.com. We recently launched our website, ucaststudios.com. With articles about sports, special interest topics, and more, we have some cool stuff on our site. To read our content, please visit ucaststudios.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lakers Outsiders weekly podcast brought to you by UCAS Studios. I'm your host, Gary Kester, here with you as always. And joining me again today is Hani Amadian. Hani, big day for you. Your Raptors just narrowly, narrowly avoided a 0-3 hole to the Celtics. Congratulations, by the way.
1: Yeah, I mean, it feels good uh, to finally get in the W column in the second round um i will give you my condolences as a as a celtics fan i know that you're hurting after that uh that that, that excuse me do you <laughs> see where i'm sitting right now for those
0: of you that can't see this i am sitting at staples center uh yeah. i don't know why it's filled with fans and there's teams on the court i thought the lakers were in orlando so i'm a little concerned about game one since the lakers have to travel from la to orlando uh That's i gotta get this, this up is- on
1: the best part of this is this is a bit that only you and i understand i was gonna say now i
0: have to post this on youtube or nobody's gonna understand what the hell i'm talking about so that's I'm, great
1: i'm chilling with my pals jonah and uh kobe right now
0: <laughs> you got you got meta chilling over your shoulder too he's, he's keeping an eye on you yeah.
1: which is that I, back there? I can't tell yeah 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 my <laughs> uh, but yes great night <laughs> <laughs>
0: It it is a great night. Uh, The Clippers are steamrolling the Nuggets, which I I think we all kind of expected to happen. But the the Raptors finally got on the board. Uh, But this is not a Raptors podcast. This is a Lakers podcast. Uh, We just enjoy talking about the Celtics' demise a little bit, especially when (laughs) there's .5 seconds left and they're up by two and they give up a three. So uh, beautiful, beautiful. But tomorrow – by the time we're recording this, probably today by the time you're listening, the big boys get going again. The Lakers are back in action against the Rockets, so we're going to preview that series today, uh, we'll kind of go over a couple couple different points, and then we're going to give you our game, uh, not game, but series predictions uh, at the end of this, and I just want to throw it out there that I am perfect on my predictions so far. I said Lakers in five. Hany said Lakers in six, so he gets like half a point uh, for that first round series, uh, A for effort, but b minus for execution so gave gave portland a little too much credit there
1: I, as i do in every walk of my life i try to set the expectations lower than they should be <laughs> I, i'm just looking out for the people hey
0: i'm just saying a great a great man said tonight i don't shoot to miss <laughs> that's
1: a good point you win so, you win this round
0: yes nailed it <laughs> all right um as always, guys, before we dive into this, be sure to uh, subscribe to Lakers Outsiders and UCAS Studios on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, wherever, uh, you you can find Lakers Outsiders and Newcast Studios there. And be sure to leave us reviews on those as well. That helps us out tremendously. Um, we really, really appreciate that. Um With Lakers Outsiders, of course, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, just at Lakers Outsiders. You can like us on Facebook, and of course, get all of our content up on LakersOutsiders.com. You can follow Hani on Twitter at H-O-N-I-A-H-M, and you can follow me at Gary Kester. All right, Lakers Rockets, uh, Lakers, big underdogs again. (laughs) Not really, but kind of, sort (laughs) of. I feel like the mood has changed a little bit uh then really a, about two weeks ago i think two weeks ago everybody was saying oh the lakers better hope the rockets don't advance or or they're in big trouble what's your confidence level at right now going into the second round matchup with the houston rockets
1: uh yeah, well, again I, I am the type of person to set expectations lower but i am feeling a lot more confident than i thought i would i don't know if that's because i've seen some wild takes on twitter that are making me uh, just really, really hopeful that the Lakers stream rolled the Rockets. Um, I don't think it's going to be an easy series by any means. I don't think it's going to be a sweep. I don't think it's going to be five games. Lakers in two. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But uh, I do feel pretty strongly that the Lakers have the much more reliable stars. Uh, You know, if you're comparing LeBron to James Harden and you're comparing Anthony Davis to Russell Westbrook, I don't think it's much of a stretch to say that uh, LeBron and Nadia are more reliable. There's always a chance that Harden goes off and, and has a better game than either of those two guys. There's a chance that Westbrook goes off like he did against the Lakers uh, a few weeks ago. Um, but I, I just I, I have more trust in the Lakers' stars and I have more trust in the way that they play for it to be just consistent. Um, the Rockets are a team that you know rightly or wrongly, they've they've kind of put all their chips on the table in this three point shooting uh, tactic. And a lot of times it's gonna to lead to wins because they just shoot a ton more threes than the other team. and if they're hitting them, then they're gonna win they're gonna have a massive advantage on uh, on that end of the floor. And if they're hitting threes and you're countering with hitting twos, then you know it's it's obviously an advantage for them. But it goes the other way where they have these long stretches where they can go cold and they're not really a great shooting team as uh, one that like takes so many shots. They took, I think they took 53-point attempts in three of the seven games in the first round. They shot more than, I think, 44 in every single game. Um, and, you know, the, the, your best shooter is Ben McLemore, who might not be able to stay on the floor because of his defense, although he's improved in that Uh, And and then after that, it's probably like P.J. Tucker, uh, as long as it's in the corners. They're not a great shooting team, you know. Uh, And so to me, it's uh, just having a little bit of confidence in in the Lakers that regardless of what happens, you kind of know what they're going to produce. And as long as the Rockets don't go, you know, just massive. Uh, Inferno from three point uh, range in four games out of seven. I think the Lakers win. I think legitimately, I think that the only way that the Rockets win the series is that they uh, win that three point battle by like twenty, thirty points in each of in, in four games of a series.
0: yeah, it's 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 really interesting because we've really only seen this matchup one time. Um, yeah. because when they played in their seating game in the bubble, uh, LeBron didn't play like uh, the Lakers just weren't at full strength. And obviously, um, this, this should be a very favorable matchup for LeBron because the Rockets just don't have any rim protection. Their center mm-hmm. is PJ Tucker <laughs> who yeah. would be, you know, the starting two guard for the Lakers basically, uh, if he were a starter, uh, for, for LA, but yeah, it's, it's such a funky matchup. And I think that's why, um, I've gone back and forth on this matchup. Uh, I don't know, but going into the seating games, I kind of thought I wasn't as scared about scared of, of Houston that a lot of Laker fans were just because I know it's a funky matchup, but I just, I just don't think they have anybody to stop LeBron and AD. And that's kind of what we said in the last series too. It's like, it's a matter of, can you shut down the two, the two main guys for Portland? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, a little bit different here. The Rockets, a little more emphasis on the three, even though Portland was a three-point heavy team. Um, this is just such a weird matchup because Portland played with tri- two traditional bigs, right? They started Nurkic and Whiteside, and the Rockets don't. They don't play with anything. It's five out all the time. They spread you out, and they either want layups or three-pointers. There's no mid-range. With Portland, You know, th- they'll take some mid-range stuff, Carmelo Anthony especially, but... Yeah you know, it's, it's, it's really funky and I don't blame Laker fans at all for being a little concerned about it just because it is so funky. I think on paper, yeah, the Lakers should win this series and I feel like they should win it fairly convincingly, but with the playoffs, man, especially with, it's it's all about matchups. It's all about matchups. I think we're seeing that with the, the Raptors and Celtics, like the Raptors number two seed in the Eastern Conference and you know, they've just they just played great basketball all year, but for whatever reason the Celtics just give them a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's what it's all about. I mean, sometimes I mean I look at I think it was oh seven, uh the year that the Warriors upset the Mavs, the yeah. eight seed over the one, uh, the We Believe Warriors, which are now the we're <laughs> now the We Believe Lakers, but uh It was just a bad matchup for the Mavs. The Mavs were so good that year. But for whatever reason, the Warriors just had their number. Um, And they learned the hard way in the playoffs that 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 translated over. It's tough with this because, like I said, we've only seen this matchup one time, really. Um, And it was before really anybody. I think it was the Rockets' first game after they traded Capella. Yeah. uh, and it was their first game that they played this five-out style of basically just five perimeter guys and P.J. Tucker playing center. And it was just weird. It was just weird. There's tape on it now. There's there's more of a blueprint on it, I think, uh, which benefits the Lakers. Um, and in that game, I mean, the Lakers, the Lakers lost 121 to 111. Um, the Rockets shot the lights out in that game, shot 50% overall from the field. from three, 19 of 42. Uh, The Lakers shot pretty poorly, 9 of 31 from the three-point line. Um, And it was a struggle. It was a struggle. I mean, the Lakers had many opportunities in that game to go win it and just didn't. Um, And Russell Westbrook played just incredible basketball in that game. He was at 41, 8, and 5. So... You know, based on what we saw in the regular season, it's tough to really draw any conclusions for those reasons, because we've only had the one matchup and it was the first game since both teams, I think are very different now. I think the Lakers showed in that Portland series that they're playing, they can play some extremely um, efficient basketball on both ends of the floor. Um, And the Rockets really struggled in their series. I don't know whether to read into that or not. Like I said, it could just be a matchup thing. We don't really know, but given those first-round performances, where we saw the Lakers kind of come out and stumble in that first game and then just reel off four straight and look dominant in a couple of those games, uh, matched with Houston going seven, which they looked pretty dominant in some of those games as well. Uh, But, I mean, they were a point away. Or Mm -hmm. was it two?
1: Yeah, I think it was two, technically. Yeah, two.
0: Um, Two points away from going to overtime in that game seven, a three wins it at the end there for the Thunder. Uh, so given the the first round performances of both teams, does that, did that sway your, your opinion of this series in any way?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, like I said, I, I was a lot more worried about the Rockets just in the sense of um, how explosive their offense can be, um, how much the, they gave the Lakers kind of troubles in that game that you mentioned. Cool. And, you know, they're, their defense, you know, is is legitimately a strength of the team. And I think that their defense might actually be more of a reliable uh, weapon for them than their offenses, just because they, they seem to bring it on the defensive end more often than, you know, uh, offensively where they might go cold. Um, but yeah, they I don't think they look very convincing against OKC. And. Like you said, the three out of the four games that they won, they won basically in blowouts. Uh, the games that they lost were all close. I don't know how much you can take away from that. Maybe you can you can have some conversations about how they perform in the clutch. Um, and I think those are fair. I don't think Harden really was great. Uh, other than game seven, he was he was pretty amazing uh, in the last few minutes of that game. But uh, in the three games that they did lose to so OKC, okay, I don't think he was great down the stretch. Westbrook is a guy who will either carry you or kill you, um, and and so I I left the second round not being totally convinced by their play. Um, that said, I do still think they're they're legitimately very dangerous, and I think uh, you know I, I made the point after the first two two games when they they won and they looked like they were on the verge of sweeping the uh, Thunder. I very privately had, had the thought that they might be more of a danger to the Lakers making the finals than the Clippers would be. I don't think I I believe that anymore. Um, and then on the other hand, you know, the Lakers came into the playoffs not really playing great ball uh, in the bubble and, you know, struggled in that first game, obviously, and then they really picked it up. And I think a couple of things from, from the Lakers play really make me a lot more confident. One... They got their shooting back. Uh, Danny Green and KCP especially looked a lot better. I think if Kyle Kuzma also kind of gets the shooting back to where he was in the bubble before the playoffs, um, and hopefully if, you know, role players like Alex Caruso, who I think is going to be really important because I think the the Rockets might be willing to kind of lay off of him and let him shoot. Uh, If those guys knock down their shots, that's huge. And I'm a lot more confident that they will be able to after the first round than I was before it. And then the other thing, I I was really happy with how they adjusted to using Anthony Davis. And I think AD might be the biggest key in this series. Um, Like you said, he's being guarded by P.J. Tucker. He's got like a half a foot on that guy. Um, But Tucker also, I think, out of anybody who guarded AD for a big number of possessions this season, I think he was by far the best defender um and part of that is because the Lakers really settled for those post ups and we've been kind of hammering on it forever that when AD's got a smaller guy on him you don't really want him posting up because he doesn't move those guys on the block uh very well their their center of gravity is low to the floor they don't get moved much and Tucker is just like a big boxy dude like you're not going to move him um sure you can shoot over him but a- as great as AD shot in in the first round I don't really want to re- rely on that He was also one of the worst jump shooters in the league the entire season so i don't want that to be the lakers uh main source of offense so i I think based on how they played in the in the last four games against the blazers where they got ad uh the ball on the move with space going towards the rim that makes me really confident that he'll be able to kind of take advantage of that matchup because if he gets to the rim then yeah pj tucker's not going to be able to do anything other than follow him and he's a great foul shooter so who cares um it's just a matter of actually getting into those positions making sure uh you get a good shot making sure you don't get the ball stolen from you by a smaller guy that's going to be able to pester your dribble um and, and tucker is just a really aggressive dude uh we know refs tend to kind of give smaller guys the benefit of the doubt when they're guarding bigger guys so all of those things are a factor And to me, it's, you know, putting Anthony Davis in positions to succeed on offense is just absolutely huge in this series. And I feel a lot more confident in the Lakers ability to be able to do that than I did going into the first round.
0: Yeah, no, you I mean, you brought up a good point that I I think we've talked about on here before um, that the Lakers. You just can't dump the ball down to a d in the post um just because the team's smaller. I mean, yeah, like if the, if he has good position, yeah, like throw it down there to him yeah. and if they send a double or whatever. I did like that Davis, I think it was today or maybe it was yesterday, uh, acknowledged the fact that he he kind of needs to go quicker uh, to kind of go before those double teams can can really hit him. And I uh-huh. think that's that's a great observation i think that's something that we've we brought up or maybe we just discussed it privately but we have talked about that you know just going quicker and not sitting there and waiting for a double team to show up uh, because that's when ad seems to get himself into some trouble but um yeah just i kind of noticed it more so in the seeding game and and this was i mean without lebron so i, I didn't really take much away but one thing i kind of noticed was The Lakers are going to be better off, especially if they're going to play with one or two traditional big guys out there. If they really emphasize trying to get the ball up, just up on the rim, just get the ball up on the rim, whether it's, you know, jump shots or ideally dribble penetration, because the Rockets are never going to have any rim protection out there. They're probably the best rim protector right now is Robert Covington, I would guess. Yeah. Um, And I mean, that's just. Like that's not his, like he's not an Anthony Davis, like a guy or JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard, uh, a big guy that's going to really alter shots around the basket consistently. Uh, he can, he can do it here and there if he's in the right position and whatnot. But, um, yeah, dribble penetration, I think, offensively is going to be huge. Um, well, I mean, not just dribble penetration, but guys, you know, coming off of curls, cuts, whatever. Just getting something going towards the the basket I think is going to be huge um, because there were stretches in that seeding game that the Lakers were missing layups, but because they were getting the ball up on the rim, AD or Dwight or or any of their bigs were, were getting the offensive rebounds and getting easy easy buckets. And I think that's how you really punish a smaller team um, rather than just you say, here, we're going to dump it in the post and everybody just clear out. Not typically good offense, not very efficient. Um, so, you know, keep running your offense. And I think that's where LeBron's really going to be able to to be a huge help is that mm-hmm. he should be able to get to the basket early and often in this series. And even if he's missing layups or whatever and he's drawing a second defender, uh, there's going to be a lot of lob opportunities. There's going to be a lot of putback opportunities. And I just think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for LeBron to get easy buckets inside too. So, um, yeah, I – As long as the Lakers don't, you know, look at it from a a narrow point of view where it's like, all right, we're bigger than these guys, just dump in the post and we'll be fine. I think they'll be okay. As long as they don't just go strictly to that, uh, I think they'll be okay. Just get the ball towards going towards the basket in different ways. And luckily, you might have the best player in the league for doing that. In LeBron James, and I think that's going to open up a lot of different things for this team. If they can hit threes, it's only going to make things even better. Like if if, if they're hitting threes and they can space the floor properly, the Rockets are going to have a hard time, I think, defending this Laker team, especially with LeBron on the floor. So um, yeah. it'll be it'll be interesting to watch to see what the the approach is. I would imagine with the extra time off, the Lakers have been prepping for for both teams, but I, I think they probably. I think most people expected the Rockets to, to be that second-round matchup, although credit to the Thunder, man. They gave them everything that they could possibly handle. Um, but this was the matchup we kind of all expected, and I would assume the Lakers have been prepping for this, and those a- couple extra days of, of the their series going a seventh game uh, could really help the Lakers in that regard. So um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, um, Honey and I are going to talk about who we think the X factor in this series is going to be, and then we are going to give it another shot on our series predictions, we'll be right back. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by the Tax Defense Group. The team of professionals at the Tax Defense Group are passionate about helping taxpayers resolve their tax debt. Their services include basic tax preparation, tax audits, resolving large tax debt, and more. They actively represent taxpayers throughout the entire USA. If you need help resolving your tax issues, contact the Tax Defense Group. Call the Tax Defense Group today at 800-850-7973 to get started. That number again is 800-850-7973, and you can visit them online at thetaxdefensegroup.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Rider Junkie. Are you thinking about starting a business or a side hustle? For all businesses to be successful, you need a website. Rider Junkie offers website development, content writing, and SEO services for business websites. Call Rider Junkie today at 805-587-7966, and you can visit them online at riderjunkie.com. We recently launched our website, ucaststudios.com. With articles about sports, special interest topics, and more, we have some cool stuff on our site. To read our content, please visit ucaststudios.com. All right, so before we get out of here, we're going to talk about, like I said before for the break, uh, what we think the X Factor is going to be in the series, what or who, and we'll give our series predictions, which... I'm, I got one right in the last round, so I'm sure I'll get this one horribly, horribly wrong. But it'll be fun anyways. So, Hani, what do you think – who, who kind of tops the list as your X Factor for this series?
1: Um, I, I, I thought of it in a different – a few different ways. Um, and, you know, I, I thought of a few different guys. I think, you know, Danny Green uh, is a huge uh, component of this to me just because – um, they need his shooting, and they need uh, his defense against James Harden. I think he would be the best option to guard Harden for most of the game. Um, and you know, I need him to stay out of foul trouble. And if they're able to guard Harden without double teaming, then that's huge. Um, I thought about Kyle Kuzma, who, like I said earlier, if if he's hitting his shots and the defense that he's playing, then he becomes just such a crucial uh, a component of this team, and and the Lakers become really, really difficult to to guard if if he's hitting those shots. But ultimately, I kind of went a little wayward. And I think, to me, a big X factor, maybe the biggest X factor, is Markeith Morris. And I think we kind of mentioned him in one of our earlier podcasts uh, uh, during the first round and how impressed we were and how he played against the Blazers. He didn't put up crazy stats or anything. He he barely scored. He didn't really rebound a whole lot. But... Just the way that he played, especially on the defensive end, to me, was so impressive. And against this Rockets team, I, I'm expecting that the Lakers won't be able to really go to the well of having two bigs on the floor very often. Um, based on kind of some of the quotes that came out of practice, I think they're going to try it in game one. But my expectation is that it won't work very well and that they're going to have to switch that up. And Morris, I think, is somebody who could take... That starting position from JaVale McGee uh, rather than a guy like Kyle Kuzma, who I know a lot of Lakers fans want starting based on his his play recently. But I think Morris is a guy who plays his role extremely well. He doesn't need to take a shot, he's not going to ISO. He's just going to spread the floor Uh, offensively and defensively. He's kind of the perfect sort of player to guard the Rockets because he's. Uh, sort of one of those like lost tweener bigs where he can guard wings. He's he's sort of in between a wing and a big. Mm -hmm. Um, And based on how the Lakers play, they love playing with bigs. Frank Vogel talked about wanting to make the Rockets adjust to them rather than adjusting the other way. And I think Morris is kind of a perfect balance point of that, where the Lakers can still play big with him. He's not a rim protector like McGee is, but... He can still crash the boards. He can still get you extra possessions that way, and he can still be a big, you know, play a deterrent at the rim, even if he's not really blocking shots. But he also allows you to guard, you know, the five wings that uh, the Rockets basically throw out there. He can he can switch uh, onto pretty much any guy that they have, and that's huge because then if you have him on the floor instead of. Uh, JaVale or Dwight then basically the Lakers can switch one through five against the Rockets and that allows our defense to to really compete uh through every possession um and then the other thing just from an intangible uh aspect the Lakers to me kind of lack those like tough guy old school like dogs that we talk about and I think Keith is just the yeah. perfect Uh, player to do that and I think the Rockets have quite a few of those guys and uh, PJ Tucker and even Westbrook Um, and I think matching that intensity throughout an entire game throughout an entire series not that I don't expect the Lakers to come out and and play hard but it's just kind of a different sort of mentality a a guy who will like muck it up he'll uh, stand up for his teammates maybe get in a fight here and there whatever (laughs) Um, but i think that meant just here and
0: there though not all the time
1: yeah just a little bit as a treat uh (laughs) but like it's silly but at the same time uh, on playoff teams i feel like every every good playoff team has that sort of guy Mm -hmm. um and i think he like being that enforcer for this team is huge and he's a guy that especially if, if he plays with some bench lineups as well i think um he can make sure that they kind of uh, hold that mentality when, say, LeBron is off the floor, so that they're not really letting letting their foot off the gas. Um, I don't know how much he's going to play, but my expectation is based on how I, I think the Rockets will play this series that that Markeith is going to have a pretty pretty big role.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I, I mean, we we kind of noticed it, and I remember we talked about it after like a couple games in to his his uh, his tenure as a as a Laker. Uh, after the, the Lakers acquired him. He he just allows the Lakers to have so many different lineup combinations and just be really flexible and versatile um, on both ends of the floor. And I think this series is where you're going to see that. Um, <laughs> I mean, he, he was the guy I would have picked, too, to be the X Factor because because of the things that you mentioned. I think not only his, his ability to switch different positions defensively but also provide floor spacing for the Lakers – And that toughness that he brings and all all that stuff. Like, I I totally agree that Markeith Morris is going to be a very important part of this series. Uh, If the Lakers dominate with two bigs, great. But I'm expecting that they'll be better with just one big and kind of a stretch four. Which, Lakers, like you said, honey, they can still be big with with Markeith out there. At the four, you could theoretically have him at the four, AD at the five, or Dwight at the five uh LeBron at the three Kuzma at the two like you can Danny Green at the two like you can do all these different combinations because you have Marquise Morris out there just gives you a lot of different options um a lot of a lot of different kind of combinations that Vogel can can play with and um and I think it just makes the Lakers more versatile as a team just his presence out there and and the skill set that he brings um I you know like we said didn't put up monster numbers by any means in that Portland series, but you could tell that when he was on the floor that it it made a difference. It definitely made a difference both defensively and offensively. And I would expect the same in this series. I I think he's going to be a big part. So I I agree with you that he is going to be a a big, big X factor in this series. Um, Since you picked the guy I was going to pick, I'm not picking one player. I mean, it's, you kind of – I mean, you spoiled like two-thirds of them already. <laughs> uh, but to me, it's it's Danny Green, KCP, and Kyle Kuzma. To me, and it's more specifically their three-point shooting. Uh, I trust all three of those guys to play defense, uh, especially Kuzma now all of a sudden in the bubble has been really, really impressive defensively. Uh, KCP, I think, is going to do a pretty good job defensively. Uh, I think he's going to probably get some time guarding both Harden and Westbrook. Um, I probably feel a little more confident with him guarding Westbrook than I do Harden just because KCP with, with bigger, stronger players that he's guarding typically tend to, to kind of struggle. But, um, that's also like bigger wings, like Kawhi Leonard, who's bigger than, than than James Harden is. But, um, yeah, I, I think those three, as long as they can hit their shots, man, because there, I think there's going to be a lot of open three point shots For for those guys. And as long as we don't have a repeat of game one of the Portland series, I think this team is going to be just fine. I'm a lot more confident in this this series uh, than I was heading into the first round just because the Lakers shooting sucked pretty much the entire seeding game, the entire uh, series or (laughs) seeding games, the eight seeding games. Uh, But their defense was good when it needed to be. And that's kind of how they got by game one rolls around the shooting still sucked and it was becoming a little worrisome but then after that they really turned it around if they can continue that and especially those three danny green kyle kuzma and kcp if they hit open threes i think the lakers are going to roll in this series and i think uh it'll be over fairly quickly uh, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say that but uh but yeah if they don't they don't hit threes, then it's it's going to be tough because the Rockets are going to go on stretches where they hit threes. Like this is like a classic Dan Tony team, and this I always thought this with his teams, like going back to like the Phoenix days, mm-hmm. is that as good as the, like his teams have been. Some of his teams have been really really good. The, they'll put on a ten or put they'll put on a ten o run in the blink of an eye, but they're also very susceptible to giving you twelve straight points the other yeah. way. Uh, so if you're the Lakers, don't get frustrated. If the Rockets hit three straight threes and put nine points on you in under 55 seconds or whatever, you'll, you'll be all right. Like there's, there's going to be opportunities. We saw in the thunder series, there were a number of times where I thought, Oh man, here we go. The Rockets are going to run away with this one. And the Thunder would come storming back because that's what a Mike Tony team kind of typically does. So, Mm -hmm. and that comes down to three point shooting. You can't go two for three. Um, On these possessions, if you can match the Rockets three point shooting uh, even somewhat, I think the Lakers will be fine because I think the Lakers will still get opportunities at the basket without any rim protection. I think AD and LeBron are going to get a lot of buckets inside the paint. So that's the X factor for me. I mean, we both agreed on Morris and uh, the three-point shooting of uh, especially those three guys in particular, but obviously everybody. I just want the Lakers to shoot 100% from the three-point line (laughs) on 60 attempts per game, and we'll be okay.
1: I will go out on a limb and say that if the Lakers shoot 100% from three this series, that they have at least a 50% chance of advancing.
0: If the Lakers (laughs) have one game where they go 100% from the three-point line with over 10 attempts... I will buy everybody that comments on this video <laughs> on YouTube a Popeye's chicken sandwich.
1: You heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be 100%. I'm going to be the- minimum, minimum 10 attempts. I'm go- as soon as this gets uploaded, I'm commenting first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, Lakers, hit your threes and y- you get to hurt my wallet a little bit. But I'll be glad to buy some Popeyes chicken sandwiches. I will definitely buy one for me because I'm going to comment on it too, just just to say that I that I did. So,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> All right. See, uh, series prediction time. Cool. We're so I'm I got a full point for the first series. You got half a point for w- picking the right winner. Games you were one game off, so I mean we'll give you point seven five points. Uh, sure. I'm making up this point system as I go. <laughs> <laughs> What's your official series prediction for Lakers Rockets?
1: Um, I, I'll say this. I I came into the playoffs and into the first round expecting it to be a seven game series. Um, I'll now give the Lakers an extra game. I think it's Lakers in six. All
0: right, we're gonna stick to the script from the first round. I'm gonna say <laughs> Lakers in five. <laughs> Woo,
1: spicy. <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll even I'll even be specific with uh the games that I think are won. I think the Lakers go up two zero. Okay. Rockets win game three, Lakers win the next two. After that,
1: I'll go. I think the Lakers win game one. Uh, and I, by the way, I wanted to make this point. I really hope they win game one because uh, they really should. the The Rockets just came off a seven game series and have one day of rest in between. And the Lakers have been <laughs> sitting and playing Madden for the last week. They, <laughs> I really hope they win game one, Anthony. Uh, we're wondering are you
0: are you guys watching the, are you guys watching this series like and then Anthony Davis is trying to get mini maps back on on Call of Duty so
1: he's, he's tweeting about lobster bisque I'll uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, say Lakers win game one Rockets win game two just to get us a little nervous Lakers win three and four Rockets win five and Lakers win six All
0: right there you have it uh, watch watch uh, Lakers win in seven now to prove us both wrong. Well, at least we we'd get the the old not, half a point. point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. According All to right, Lakers in five. Hani says Lakers in six. We'll see. We'll see. As long as it's Lakers in anything, I'll I'll be totally fine. Would not be mad at Lakers at four, by the way. If they uh, want
1: to call it after three or two, I mean, I'll take it.
0: I mean, Lakers just win three dominant games, blow them out, and the Rockets just say screw this, and they just leave the bubble. Cool. I'll take that too.
1: If, if it's Lakers and three, I'll buy all of our Twitter followers' Popeye's chicken sandwiches, all like fifteen thousand of them.
0: All right. Well, I'm gonna. If the Lakers go up three zero, I'm gonna call the uh, bubble hotline, <laughs> the snitch line, and tell them that all the Rockets <laughs> players were, were out of outside the bubble, uh, getting chicken wings. <laughs> <say that>. All right, that's gonna do it for us this time. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I will be gone for the first two games. I will be out of town. Uh still be watching the games, but I just won't be able to record these podcasts. So Hani uh, will be kind of taking over the the ship. So, Hani, I expect a 2-0 series lead when I come back. If not, we have to have a serious
1: discussion, my friend. Uh, I'm getting us the sponsorship in the in these two podcasts. <laughs> you're just gonna say popeye's chicken sandwich for like 40 minutes
0: straight <laughs> oh by the way lakers win game one popeye's chicken <laughs> sandwich <laughs> but yeah no uh so that's that's what's coming up but we're gonna we're gonna as always we're gonna have coverage for you guys up on LakersOutsiders.com. so be sure uh you follow us on social media uh twitter and instagram at lakers outsiders and like us on facebook as well um yeah, follow Hani on Twitter at h o n i a h m. Follow me at Gary Kester, and of course, you can subscribe to Lakers Outsiders and UCAS Studios on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be there. We'll be there. So uh, it feels like it's been a while since the Lakers have have really played, uh, and it's. I'm excited for for tomorrow's game. I'm I'm really actually amped for this series. I was kind of I was a little bit nervous for the Portland series. I don't know why, but. I'm more excited for this one. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. So we'll, we'll have to see. But
1: I'm excited, but as soon as the first James Harden snapping his head back foul gets called, I'm going to be furious. I'm going like, to throw my
0: phone across the room.
1: We have to watch at least four games of James Harden grifting the refs, and, and I'm not looking forward to that aspect. But the rest of it should be fun. Whenever
0: we get a Scott Foster game, just know that both <laughs> fan bases are going to be united in our hatred for
1: Scott Foster. <laughs>
0: that man knows how to bring people together it's not a great way but he gets it done so
1: life of the party
0: (laughs) all right thank you guys so much for listening uh but until next time this is gary kester with Hani Amadian and the lakers outsiders signing off
1: shout out von wafer